never rest. Good evening, everybody. It is the Georgia Show. We're kind of back to our little bit of a regular spot uh, for now. Don't know kind of what's – I doubt we'll be here next Sunday uh, because of the Super Bowl. Uh, but we're, we're here in our kind of nighttime normal spot. we got uh, Jake Roos, Jeremy Johnson with me. And this show is mainly about recruiting. But, guys, as I was trying to catch up with y'all stuff, I was also catching on Tyke Smith winning defensive MVP of uh of the senior bowl so that was also something may may have some time to get into that but listen georgia had a star-studded weekend this this past weekend i mean it just loaded and they've they've done this in the past uh, i believe it was the first weekend coming out of the dead period and now the last weekend going into the dead, dead period you guys are experts on this stuff you've talked to some guys what's one visit whether it's georgia made a move for them or or whether georgia uh just getting them on campus in general, what's one visit, Jake, that stood out to you um, from this weekend? You know, in talking to him, I, I think the guy that I would probably circle is Eric Winters um, uh, out of Enterprise, Alabama. Um, teammate of Zion Grady, who uh, Jeremy may pick for his, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, uh, Eric um, was a guy that George has been following really closely and I feel like has really positioned themselves well early with. Um, looks like a guy – that they're really looking at hard for the star position. Um, they like him. Uh, he's a safety on the on three rankings, but a guy who, um, you know, brings a lot of versatility. Glenn Schumann has been heavily involved there. So, you know, it was kind of like linebacker. You were thinking maybe they were kind of leaning that way, but it looks like star is where George is going to land when it comes to Eric Winters. Uh, one of the top safeties in the nation, um, but just an all around athlete, man, great basketball player. So a guy who does everything well, and I feel like Georgia put themselves in a, a good spot uh, moving forward with him. Not that they weren't already, but getting him back on campus sounds like an official visit probably will take place for Eric Winters in Georgia. Um, and I think that he's a guy they'd love to have in this class. I also think, too, it's a great time if you want to get into the state of Alabama and pull a guy like that with the turnover at Alabama. Uh, year two under – or I'm sorry, uh, you know, all the change in, in, in uh, Auburn and in, in, uh, Hugh Fraze's uh, ranks, I think that, um, you know, it opens a lot of doors over there, in my opinion. So I think that uh, the Bulldogs position themselves well when it comes to Eric Winters. Definitely a guy I would keep on the radar moving forward. Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm with you, but I'm gonna go with a guy that was kind of off the radar a little bit. Uh, Darren, oh man, Darren, I can I'm gonna call him Darren I. He's a defensive end <laughs> from uh, New Jersey Hillside High School, four star guy that you know Georgia seems to really like and seems to have been a priority this weekend. And you know, I don't think I knew that that was the case going into this and coming out of that visit. They seem to be at the top right now for him, and um, you know, he's a big. Big six six guy plays edge. He's still learning the game. The only thing he's only been playing for four or five years. Um, he was one that I was kind of surprised with how how well the visit went for him this week. Um, you know, I think he's going to come back probably in the spring, maybe the summer, uh, maybe take an official visit. And you know, he, the way it sounds is like he's going to make a decision in the summer, and you know, George is going to be right there in the thick of it. I mean, he went as far as to go on record saying, "Hey, you know, they're at the top." and you know, that's kind of been, you know, that's kind of been the news of the day for me, just that, you know, that that guy is, uh, you know, a priority at Georgia right now. 
That would really feel that'd feel a big need for him too, man. Yeah. That guy uh, is a, looks like a tremendous edge, and like you said, Jeremy's still developing, really coming into his body there. So uh, I think that that would be, you know, those guys are always at a premium. Uh, to be in, a, in it with a guy like Darren is uh, really really strong early on. Yeah, and uh, looking at his name, uh, take a little shot at it, Darren Akinabon. Um, I don't know where the G comes in. Maybe it's silent like lasagna. Who knows? Um, I will say, looking at this young man, um, good neck genetics on this guy. Um, kind of helps, you know, helps him get up to the six five six six thing. I've seen some dudes over time like Chuma Doga and Isaiah Wynn and people like that. That man, if they had any sort of neck, they would have been like six five. You know, if they would have been born the same syndrome as me. Uh, but this cat's got one, man. This this dude's long. He's and, and like Jeremy said, the cool thing about him is he's just starting to learn the game, uh, just kind of starting to get into it. Penn State, Rutgers, uh, Temple are in the mix. Georgia's had some success out of that area of the country. Um, you know, no longer with Fran Brown over there, um, you know, helping him out with that. Uh, but this is an interesting one. And, you know, the edge position is really interesting to me because Zion Grady was on campus this past weekend, and and I, I think he's a really good player. Um, you got the kid uh, from from the state of Georgia. I'm drawing a blank on the blue. Isaiah Gibson. Yes. Isaiah Gibson. Is he from Warner yeah. Robins? He is. Yes, he's from Warner yeah, Robins. You got yeah. Isaiah Gibson. Georgia didn't really. Georgia took uh, Georgia took Quentin Johnson, uh, Quintavious Johnson. I'm sorry, um, out of out of the state in, in that twenty in that twenty twenty four class. And it's, I mean, I guess it's a little bit up in the air as to whether or not he's going to be a true edge or he's going to play DN. Um, I would lean more towards the edge right now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they, they took a big class in 2023 with with uh, with uh, Damon Wilson, Samuel M. Pimba, uh, Gabe Harris. Gabe Harris is now playing DN, which I guess is on the table for all of these guys for the most part. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're going to want to bring in another good class, you know, this coming class. And um, just bringing that up and talking about that i mean obviously we ha- we don't have any intel on it at this point the board's still kind of being solidified how many do you expect them to take Bruce? i would say at that edge position you would probably want to go two or three guys just because of how light light they were in that previous class um and then like you said perhaps quintavious ends up maybe playing with a hand in the dirt so if you're looking for a stand-up backer i think you need to probably lean three maybe even four if you can get them but like I said, those guys are at such a premium uh, that it's tough to get. I was kind of looking over um, uh, for a piece that I'm working on this week over at Dogs HQ regarding, you know, the the kind of how this class looks in state for Georgia. And there's plenty of talent at a lot of positions. Edge is not necessarily one of them. Um, and so they're going to have to get a little bit creative, probably dip out of state to get some of these guys. And I think that that's going to be uh, kind of a key area for them to focus on. But you've got to get those guys, man. They need guys that can bring that pressure. It's um, going to be interesting to see, too, how Michael Williams kind of transitions into that spot and um, what he's able to do there because I think that that could really affect George's fortunes with some of these guys when they see the plan in place and what he can do. Same question for you, Jeremy. What do you see as far as how many guys they may take it at outside backer? Hello? <laughs> Pensive, I would say. <laughs> Jeremy, can you hear me? Deep in thought there. Uh, well, well, uh, we may, he may have been completely frozen. <laughs> I think he was. That was like Han Solo and the Carbonite there, man. Uh, I knew I, I was uh, unmuted. Dad Gummit, I knew it. I mean, I knew I, I knew I was not muted. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> Han Solo and the Carbonite. I mean. <laughs> You're back. 
I'm back. Yeah. So Mark F. Dude, you were frozen and you I mean you you look like you, you were you deep so in hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, I was, it was like frozen and I, I could hear Ruth talking, but then it was just like yeah. what's happening? But yeah, same same question for you. How many you think Georgia takes at outside um, back? If I'm if I was hearing Ruth correctly, I'm with him or two or three guys. I mean, I could even go as far as saying that if they can get four, you take four because that's a position that you just never can have enough people at that spot because the way college football is now, you got to be able to pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. That's what these games are going to come down to. And, you know, we're going to have a 12-team playoff, and if Georgia wants to win championships moving forward, you're going to have to go out and go sack C.J. Stroud. You're going to have to go out and sack um, Caleb Williams in the playoffs. Like, that's what's going to have to happen moving forward. And I think, you know, if you can find five or six good guys every year that you can count on, you're going to go out there and that's that's a good scenario because all those guys can't play every snap. I mean, if you if you ask a guy to pin his ears back 60 times a game, he's not going to be fresh in the fourth quarter. So I think that's the ideal, um, you know, scenario is to get three to four, maybe two or three a class and maybe a transfer guy at some point. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, three, three to four. I, I feel like once you start to get into three and four, um, you and, and I think this is just this is just logical. You start to get into the Gabe Harris types and the mm-hmm. and the and Quintavious Johnson types, the guys that may may fit at either position. Yeah. Um, you know, you I you mean, look at kind of Georgia's history at that position. It was uh, Jordan Jenkins kind of did that a little bit. Davin Bellamy kind of did that a little bit. They kind of played a little bit more of a hybrid role where they were outside backers, but they also kind of played with their hand on the ground and kind of set the edge. Um, you know, I I can see I can see a situation where Georgia would get into that. And listen, this is a premium position. Um, you know, I see an Isaiah Gibson, and I think about that. I see this Akinabon kid. Well, I was going to say to me that with Gibson, he's kind of like teetering on that line right mm-hmm. now. I mean, yeah. he's playing at about I think two fifty five, two sixty as it right. stands right now. So you know, how much more is he going to grow? How much does his body change? When you look though at a guy like Zion Grady, to me. He's the classic frame that you're looking for. They're long, lean, and you can put some muscle on. Maybe now, maybe he starts his career as a as a, a you know IDP um, yeah. or IDP. Like uh, we're gonna play fantasy football. Huh? What am I thinking <laughs> here? DPR. Yeah, DPR. My bad. DPR. Um, yeah, not an independent defensive player. A defense. Uh, a, a designated pass rusher. Um, yeah. DPR. It kind of starts his career as that, like an Adam, like Adam Anderson did. Um, yeah. You know infamy or whatnot but yeah adam anderson kind of had was was real thin um mm. they were like hey go rush the passer like right away and and that's just kind of what he does or go spy the quarterback right away so i mean i think you do need a good mix of those guys those you know edge bending you know dprs i got it right that time messing with my acronyms today um but yeah a mix of those guys and then a mix of the guys that you think all right well they're they're the size you would want them to be right now to play every down at outside linebacker they're probably not ready yet so mm-hmm. what do you do uh you you work them out you keep them going you you feed them you you make them lift and and you get them in the strength program and then you see where their body goes and maybe they maybe they get up to 280 and they're at their defensive end for you or maybe they stay the same or drop a few pounds or or you know gain just a few and they stick it outside backer either way um <laughs> dpr or PBR, um, <laughs> you know, that's tough. It depends on my tolerance for my um, my willingness to deal with a headache tomorrow. Um, 
that's that's yeah. what that that comes down to. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I I think you need a good mix of those dudes. And and Georgia, listen, man, to their credit, they seem to have themselves in position. Because let's talk about Zion Grady for a little bit, because it's not just a situation where Georgia's taking a swing at the the the, the one time Troy now enterprise Alabama guy. Uh, one-time Alabama commit, it seems like Georgia's, you know, they sent four coaches to his high school, got him on campus for for a big recruiting weekend. They got him on campus last year, I believe, for the scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. Where are we at here? Who talked I'm, to him, by the way? I didn't even read the byline. Yeah, I, I, did. I did. Okay, I yeah, Jeremy, what's going on there? What what kind of impression did you get? I mean, I definitely think he Georgia's in the mix. I mean, I definitely feel like he he has a lot of respect for what they do as a program. I think they – you know, kind of got an opportunity to talk about some of these nuts and bolts of how they want to use him. And I think what you're saying about the D, uh, I might even get into the acronym, but that's kind of what the conversation <laughs> yeah. was about this weekend for him is, hey, we want you to come in here and go bend the edge and go get the quarterback. And I'll, and something that I noticed about him, too, is that he can he can do a little bit of the coverage stuff, too. I mean, he's not just a guy that rushes the quarterback. I mean, he when I saw him, he was playing seven on seven and he was covering. So. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's something you want to continue to do with him, but that's also an option for his body type as well. He's not a, he's not a humongous guy that, you know, is, you know, that's going to be forced to go and get the quarterback. He can do other things. So I think George is in it. I mean, I think they will get an official visit in the summer and, you know, it'll be a matter of who else, what Alabama and Auburn does. I feel like those are kind of programs that will be, you know, factors, maybe Ole Miss at some point. So, you know, I wouldn't rule out him, you know, being a big time target all the way through this thing. Yeah. And I think too, one of the things that people don't know about Zion um, is that he is, he has a ton of family in Georgia, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, lived most of his life. I believe he told me in the state. So it's not like he's one of those kids that grew up, you know, blue blood, you know, uh, rammer jammer Mm -hmm. or uh, war Eagle, man. I mean, he's, he's a guy with ties uh, to the peach state as well. And like I said, to me, it's a good year to kind of dip in over there and try Mm -hmm. to assert yourself. Um, it's probably never been more open than it is right now. Uh, uh, certainly under Kirby's tenure, that's the case. But I would say over the last 20 years, roughly, uh, given Nick Saban, Gus Malzahn, uh, even Gene Chizik to some degree, um, it's never easy to pull those kids. And I don't mean to suggest that it will be in this instance either. But I do think that they have an opportunity there um, in a larger way than than previous. Yeah, there's definitely some some. I wouldn't say hesitancy. I would say there is some guys in that state are just like kind of, hey, we want to see what both of these programs are because this is the first time in 10, 15 years where we have uncertainty about what Alabama is. We don't know what Alabama is going to be. We don't know what Auburn is going to be. We've seen Hugh Freeze for a year, but he's just now getting his recruits in there. So, you know, you really don't know what they're going to be. So, I mean, and you can look across the border and say, hey, I can go play at Georgia. I know what Georgia is. So that that's a conversation that is being had in these homes of these Alabama recruits. And I think, like you like you said, Roos, I think this is definitely as open as the state has been. It's a good state of football as well. Absolutely. Got Evan Grimes talking about the kid from Gainesville. I believe he's a 2026 kid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Is that right? Xavier, Xavier Griffin, I believe, is who yeah, we still, are referring to. Still a long way to go there, Evan. Um, I did want to get to that question for you real quick, though, but – I mean, obviously, Georgia's going to be kind of tough to handle there. I'm looking at offers at, at that position, kind of sticking with outside linebacker. Um, guy we hadn't brought up, Bryce Davis. Uh, yeah. Very, very large target for Georgia. Reminds me so much of Aziz Ojolari um, and and kind of in that Aziz Nolan Smith role. I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, they really like Jared Smith 
um, yep. out of out of Thompson. Um, I think Smith has a world of ability. Uh, interested to see kind of how he has developed. Um, it was almost like as a sophomore and junior at 6'6", 230 pounds, that his body was just trying to catch up with what he was capable of as a prospect. So he's another one. We mentioned Isaiah Gibson. Um, I mean, C.J. May is already committed to, to Notre Dame, but he's another Alabama kid. Uh, that state is loaded at that position, but I really like him a lot too. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you're looking at a lot of, of really good players um, at that outside linebacker spot. And, I mean, listen, man, Georgia's targeting that. They're targeting a defensive line where they got a chance to maybe get, I don't know, the top two defensive linemen in the country right now. Um, Elijah Griffin is is heavily you know favored for Georgia there in that uh, on three industry. I'm sorry, the uh, RPM. Uh, Justice Terry, Georgia's already on Georgia's commitment list and, and seems to be kind of helping Georgia recruit in this class. Christian Garrett, another guy that's right there in that top 100. What do you think is a bigger deal as far as numbers in this class? Do you think it's D line? Do you think it's outside linebacker? What what what's kind of the the uh, the thinking there for you guys? Uh because we I are on the heels. We are on the heels of a pretty large defensive line class. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, it's too premium to skip. I mean, you you need the bodies, right? And I think that you're in a good position. Um, you know, like you said, with those two guys, look, you would you would push guys in front of a train for Elijah Griffin and Justice Terry. I mean, that, there's no question about that in my mind. You go out and you look at a guy like Christian Garrett, who really strikes me as a guy that's going to be a major player throughout this thing and just down the road for the Bulldogs. So that's kind of an easy guy to get on campus as well. You got Kevin Wynn a little bit further down there in uh, Greene County, I believe he is. Um, you know, interested yeah. to see how that one continues to develop moving forward. Not saying that he's a guy that I think is like, you know, atop the board right this second, but I do think that he's an intriguing in-state guy to keep on your radar. So, um, you know, they've got guys out there, and uh, I do think that there's a number of them that make sense. To me, offensive line and defensive line, you just take as many as you can get uh, to some degree. Um, you know, and I think Kirby's used that strategy previously with things like cornerback and safety bring as many of them as you can. I think given how rich, though, the class is with both of those things, defense and offensive front, um, I think that you you load up. You try to load up as best you can this class. It's tough, though, when you do get into that section of your, your recruiting board because none of those guys help you on special teams in the way that it's hard to find guys to work on special teams. Like, you're never going to have a hard time with field goal protection, Right. But when you start looking into guys who can cover kicks, who can get in position on kick return, like every now and then you'll find a DN, but it's a Trayvon Walker. You know, I mean, it's uh, I've seen Michael Williams in that role a little bit too. You got to kind of find a little bit of a freak. So that's the only that's the only thing I would add to what you just said, uh, Roos, is the fact that you know if you're if you're looking to stockpile big men, even even when you're loaded in the state of Georgia. You just got to be careful um, because you can really uh, – I mean, you want to take every guy that you feel like can play winning football for you. Um, that's just not possible. But it's tough because those guys just don't play premium special team spots, and, and that's what makes it difficult. Um, speaking of kind of where Georgia was, you know, kind of last season and and uh, and what's going on right now as far as those guys, uh, you know, we had the Senior Bowl this week. And – um, Lab McConkey voted top wide receiver by the by the uh, 
um, by the cornerbacks and defensive backs in attendance. Uh, Jovan Bullard voted top safety by the uh, by the running backs and receivers in attendance. Uh, Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint comes up with a touchdown catch in the game. And then I, I just found out today, I guess I didn't pay close enough attention to it, Tyke Smith was voted defensive MVP. Um, any Did any part of this surprise any of you as far as anybody making some waves at the Senior Bowl? No. No. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why it would be. I mean, they, they, those three guys, four guys in particular, were big parts of what George has done the last two years. I mean – they, there's a lot of football games that Georgia doesn't win without Javon Bullitt making a big play at the end. I mean, Tyke Smith had one of the best seasons we've seen a safety have at Georgia in a while. Uh, Lad McConkey, when he was healthy, was a dominant number one, number two option type of guy that always somehow was open at Georgia's. I mean, and you look, he came in as a what one two star guy that nobody knew about and immediately started jumping guys that had been recruited by everybody in the country. So I don't think that happens by accident. And I think, Oh, it's weird that people are so surprised by this because it's you know, these guys can play. That's why they were playing for Georgia, and that's why they played well at Georgia. And I think yeah, that will continue at the next level. I don't. I think uh, Tyke Smith to me would be if I, there was a surprise. I don't know that I would have picked Tyke Smith to be the defensive MVP of the yeah. game for for his team. Um, I think I thought that he would probably have a nice showing. Given what we heard through practice, it wouldn't have surprised me to see Javon Bullard be the defensive MVP just yeah. because it seemed like he was getting a lot of that love. And the other thing about um, about this, to me, and I've been beating this drum for as long as uh, it's been around, Marcus Roseby Jack saying, man, I'm telling you, that guy I think has a long future ahead in this league. Uh, I think that he is a guy that's going to get in. He's going to do the dirty work. He's going to do the things you saw him do at Georgia. Was he, you know, the guy that they were first run with all the time, uh, you know, just feed them the ball? Nah, he's not a Marv Harrison type, but he's a guy who's going to get in. He's going to be solid. He's going to block for you. He's got great hands, kept his, you know, kept his head down, did what he needed to do. I think that the future is super bright for that guy, especially um, out of this group. All, all of them tremendous showings, but really happy for Marcus because I think he got to showcase all the things that probably will um, make him a, a stalwart in the league for a long time, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Man, when I when I look at all three of those, all four of those guys, really, they are all for a, a really good 40 time, just kind of waking up and having it all click for them in the 40 from really having good careers. I mean, for, yeah. for really for having a lot of money to start out their career because, um, you know, if Lad comes in and runs like a low 4-4 um, uh, and then the medicals check out, I think he can be fine. I still – I still and, – and and listen, I, I think some folks have kind of got the wrong idea about this. It, it, it's really – I'm such a big fan of Lad that I'm kind of putting myself in worst-case scenario mode. Um, I'm just I'm just worried that they're going to ding him up because of the injuries. I, I just, that's just kind of where I'm at on that. Um, but if he comes in and does that, then you get you, he's making it easier for people to ignore the injuries. I'll say that. Tyke Smith comes in, tries to finds a way to bust four seven, uh, something higher than four seven, maybe get that mid four six range. I think he's got a chance. Uh, Javon Bullard gets in the four five range. I think he's in good shape. I think he's in great shape. And then Marcus Rosemey, Jack saying if he can try and get in that low four five range, high four four range, I think he does a lot of good for himself as well. So, um, you know, it's it's tough, man. It's we're at a point now where you know every kid that comes out of Georgia when they get a chance to play ball, they look really good, and and because they're prepared and they're ready to roll. It's just a matter of can they 
can they do the things in testing? And they have, uh, especially especially that 2022, 2023, 2022 draft class with Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt and George Pickens. That was just freak show central. Um, I'm really interested to see if Brock runs the 40, Brock Bowers runs the 40, because I think that you turn on the film and you're sitting there thinking, I uh, wouldn't. holy yeah, smoke. I, would I don't think I anybody's got any doubts about that cat's speed. Yeah, I would not touch the 40 if I were him. Um, I mean, I'm I, I like you know, you say we, you know, obviously all these guys have played and played a lot of football for Georgia. Another thing that like really stands out too is that all these guys have played special teams at Georgia. Like that's how you make rosters in the NFL. I think that's gonna help them all. Is that hey, if we draft this guy, and that's a position we don't have to worry about feeling undrafted, free agent guys. I mean everybody doesn't go to the NFL and start, but those guys will make rosters just because, Hey, I can put, I can put Marcus Rosemary Jackson as a, as a gunner on punt. I know he'll go do that because he's done it at Georgia. I know Tyke Smith will be willing to play the punt coverage because he's done it. I mean, that's, that's one of the things about these programs like Alabama and Georgia that, you know, it kind of goes under the radar is that these guys play a lot of special teams early in their careers when just to get them on the field. But then also as they get older, they, they fill those roles as well. I mean, that's that's how you build rosters. It's not all about the twenty-two guys that start. And I think all three of those, four of those guys, have a chance to do that early in their careers at the NFL level. And you're seeing production from them, kind of straight out of the gate, man. And yeah. that's the you know Georgia Georgia products are coming into this league prepared for the grind, which is huge. And coaches and GMs know that they are ready for that and what it takes. Um, but they're also being able to deliver kind of straight out because they're going against other first round guys on a very constant basis they're playing some of the best competition in the country so it's just a number of factors that um you know i think that really kind of go into this i you i think that too i was impressed with the number of guys that they continue to send to the senior bowl it's clear the senior bowl has strong eyes on what george is doing and really likes the way that they do it so uh kudos to all those guys and um like i said i think big things coming for all of them all right, so uh, real quick before we get out of here, we've got a short show tonight, but real quick before we get out of here, uh, Uncle Glenn Hartley brings up whether or not we're going to talk about James Cook and what happened uh, with his comments on the college football playoff and Georgia not getting in. Listen, it looks like James Cook would probably fit in really well with some of our dudes over on the Bill Shank show <laughs> on the Superstations. Uh, a little bit of, little bit of uh, uh, here we go, a little bit of that uh, – Alabama favoritism, but James Cook says, um, first, after first saying, or, or I don't know the order of it, but after saying um, that is basically, listen, Georgia had the same scenario when it, his last year as they did this past year, they should have got in, yada, 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 all that stuff. He said, I just feel like they knew Nick Saban was going to retire, so they tried to sneak him one in. Um, I don't know about that one, man. I don't know about my man James Cook. I, I I applaud him for putting it out there, you know, and kind of making it some fodder. You know, if you whether you think it or not, stir the pot a little bit, have some fun. Um, you know, let's don't be robots. He'd have never said that. Listen, he'd never said that at the University of Georgia. Oh God, no! Right. God, I mean, they, we I don't think we would have ever heard from James Cook again if he'd said that while he was on campus. Nope. At. Dominic Sanders said one time, "We're going to punish him from the start." I can't remember who they were playing. And we were like, yeah, you know, so you guys want to be physical and stuff because we're just we're going to punish him from the start. We gave him like five ways to climb out of it, and he just kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. I think you know what he was doing because we never saw him again. Um, <laughs> I mean, we never I, saw uh, him for media again. And, you know, you make your jokes about the 
you know, whatever and, and, you know, 26 or whatever, I don't care, but uh, we never saw him again to speak to media. I will say this. Uh, I do not believe that what James Cook said was accurate, but I will say that of all the college football conspiracies that I've ever heard, that's probably one of the less crazy ones. Yeah. I mean, I mean I it's will, not, I, it's not, I mean, it, that's not, it, did, that's it didn't happen, but at least no. it's not like, Hey, the earth is flat and the gravitational pull <laughs> of, the, of the half brain, um, you know, this thing and that thing. And that's why they did this on this day and that on the other day. I mean, no, I mean, it, yeah, no, at I least think, it's concise. Yeah, it's concise. I don't know. I, that, would, that would imply that Georgia had something to do with it because the only reason they made the playoff is because they beat Georgia in the playoff and the SEC championship game. So I, that's, I don't know. That's, it's a funny, it's a funny theory, and I could. He's not it. the first person I've heard bring that up. Like that, yeah. somebody was somebody was talking about the pregame with Kirby. He's like, man, did you hear the way he was talking to Kirby? <laughs> did you just hear? Did you hear the way Kirby was talking to? He let him get one. <laughs> yeah. oh, Listen, man. I believe if Kirby Smart could have sent Nick Saban out with a loss, Kirby Smart would have sent Nick Saban out with a loss, hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's that was just one. I mean, like you said, Roots. At least he got a, at least he articulated it really quickly. Um, but uh, James Cook, listen, Georgia doesn't win a national championship without him. That long run in that national championship game, um, one of the more forgotten plays in that game. It, it got Georgia's offense going in a way that it hadn't been going at that point, and uh, that uh, that got it going. So, all right, here we go. Tomorrow night we got the uh, bark after dark guest still yet to be announced, but we've got one in mind. We're just uh, we're just crossing our fingers. Uh, it's supposed to be a pretty big one. We're excited about it. Um, and then we've got the Georgia show coming back to you on Tuesday morning, and again with you on Thursday morning, uh, and then the Super Bowl next Sunday. We may or may not have a show. We'll announce it on Twitter and 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 on, at Dogs HQ. Uh, if we do do one, it'll be a little bit earlier in the day. Um, but we are real excited kind of about what where the offseason's going. And before you know it, guys, you're going to blink and spring practice is going to be here. But for this episode of the Georgia Show, I'm Jake Rowe. He's Jake Roos. He's Jeremy Johnson. A lot of J's. Y'all yeah. take it easy. <laughs>